Bonjour, I am Estelle, your host, and this is Wildlife Conservation Insights, the podcast dedicated to the connections between wildlife and human beings. You want to know more about wildlife, about what's going on, why some species are getting endangered, what are the challenges our world is facing. You want to meet people that dedicate their life to save animal species. You want to be proactive and also participate in species conservation. This podcast is for you. Welcome to Wildlife Conservation Insights. This is episode 15. Happy New Year 2023, everyone. Wishing you happiness for you and your family, health and many successful projects for this year to come. I want to thank all the listeners of this podcast. Please go ahead, share and connect. My guest for this episode is Dr. Martin Van Zyl Langehout. Sorry, Martin, for my pronunciation. A passion for wildlife conservation and medicine took Martin to many wild places in the world, where she worked with a wide range of wildlife species. As a wildlife veterinarian, she worked with western lowland gorillas in Gabon, and she ran a busy wildlife practice in South Africa, next to the Kruger National Park. She also trained many veterinary students in wildlife medicine and immobilization. Currently, she is head of the veterinary department in Amsterdam Zoo, and next to her work, she wrote a book about her life in the wilderness and what we humans can learn from wildlife. The title is in Dutch, Overleven in Het Wild. I really need to, to start uh, learning Dutch. The enthusiastic reactions from readers inspired her to get a degree in life coaching. And since then, she's helping people to stay close to their heart and follow their dreams, which is thoroughly enduring. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome my guest, Martin. Hope you enjoyed travel. Hey, hi, Martin. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so thrilled to have you as my guest. How are you? I'm good, and I'm happy to see you this way. I mean, we get more and more uh, easy with, um, what is it, social media and everything. Yeah, social media. You can do everything with it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to to see you now. Hopefully, <laughs> once I'm in real, but for yes, nice. Yes, we wanted to actually chat together for a long time. I mean, I wanted to talk to you for a long time, and now I'm really happy to be able to do that. That's great. <laughs> so, where do you live now? Which part of the world are you in? Yeah, I'm now back home. So I've been born in the Netherlands, and um, I've been in many places, but. I have actually never been so settled in my life <laughs> as now. So I'm based in Amsterdam now, and I'm very happy to be back. <laughs> back to your roots, actually, right? Yeah, it's nice to be in your own country where you've been raised. Mm. It's like animal behavior, isn't it? Like yeah. The, like the turtles, we all go back to our own roots where we're born. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. So I did the same than, than you. Actually, I'm back to France right now. Well, you have a very extensive and impressive experience. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this field? 
Yeah, it's a long story. I don't know how long you have, but um, yeah, it's quite quite adventure to live life and uh, follow your heart. So yeah, I've always been following my heart. So I was 18, and then I moved to San Francisco. I just graduated, wow. and there I volunteered in the Marine Mammal Center in Sausalito. Yes. And there I was totally fascinated by animals what are actually living separate from humanity. So we released four Californian sea lions, and I remember thinking they just go back to their own world without humans. Nobody's feeding them, nobody's checking on them, and they're totally independent, and that really touched me. I remember that moment exactly as if it's yesterday. We're so Mm -hmm. self-centered. And these animals don't have a voice. So for me, it started there that I was like, no, these animals need need a voice and need care and attention. So from then, I've just, yeah, grabbed every chance to work with wildlife. So during my whole study, I tried to to organize internships all over the world. And I know how hard it is. But when it's easy, everybody would do it. So just be happy when it's difficult, because then at least you don't have too much competitors. So just be grateful that it's difficult. So, But in my time, there was no internet. So I had to really check on all the journals, like the Journal of Zoo and Wildlife Medicine. I've been reading them and seeing if there were addresses, because I had... I had to write letters by post. Can you imagine? Yeah, no. Well, you know, I did the same, but at my time there was internet, so I actually was able to email and like get a response like back in with a few days later. I guess you would have waited for like months sometimes to get an answer. The thing is, the new generation maybe is a bit too impatient. They want results straight away. It doesn't come easy. Things are difficult, but that's fine. Just mm-hmm. embrace being that it's difficult because then you know you have a high chance when you persevere, isn't it? If it's easy, everybody can do it. Yeah. So, um, but I, yeah, I was very lucky too, but I also worked hard to get all the internships done. And what I did is when I got a chance, I, I, I went to the place, even when I had no idea <laughs> where I was going. So one time I stayed for two months in the rainforest in Thailand, uh, working with elephants. There was nobody who spoke English. It was very lonely, very tough. They weren't ready for foreigners. Mm-hmm. Right now it's more like a set-up place where foreigners are welcomed, but at my time, yeah. nothing. So and maybe especially women, like a, a young lady coming up and doing this internship, no? That was maybe something even more unusual. They had no idea how to deal with me. They were totally shocked about a woman alone. They had, they, 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 weren't, they didn't dare to talk with me. But, you know, I, I learned a lot about elephants, and mm-hmm. I think loneliness is also hugely... Uh, learn, learning experience to be alone somewhere in the forest. Mm-hmm. So that helped me to to um, uh, go on with my path. And uh, after graduation, I first worked for five years as a general veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So mixed animals. I love cows and horses, but also dogs and cats. I actually love all animals. I'm not only liking the wildlife veterinary field. I also really enjoy uh, companion animal medicine. 
So I worked in also in a specialized clinic doing the emergency care, intensive care. And okay. I loved it. I loved it. So, but after five years, I was like, okay, let's go on for my dream. And yeah. then I've only worked with wildlife. I went, I went to do the, the course in London, the masters wild animals. Yes. And yes. since then all the doors opened. I went to Gabon to work with a Western lowland gorillas mm-hmm. uh, as my master's degree uh, project. And then I returned and, and then the manager quit the day when I arrived and I suddenly became the manager of the project, you know. <laughs> so like I didn't even speak yeah. French. That's great. But it was a huge, amazing experience to, to do that. But it was also quite scary because I didn't know anything about wild gorillas and you know, it was in the middle of the rainforest in Gabon. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I would, it was one of the best times of my life. So, but then after that, I went to South Africa and I ran a practice there for wildlife. Yes. To the Kruger Park. So, um, but we can go on for hours like this, but <laughs> yeah. So then from South Africa to now, like very shortly, like quickly, if you can, if you could summarize. So, yeah, you know, in South Africa, I had my huge dream job. I worked with all big wildlife species like rhinos, elephants, lions, buffalo, a lot of buffalo. And I run a practice um, close to Kruger. So all the private reserves mm-hmm. called us to to remove snares, es- uh, uh, catch escaped animals, do a lot of translocations, immobilization. So. Yeah. But after a while, I started to feel like my parents are getting older, relationships are important. So you kind of change after you've done a lot. I did this for five years. It's very, very tough work. I work often from four o'clock in the morning till one at night. So I just started to think about different things. And I thought as an experiment, I would go back to Holland just to see if I could still settle in. Because I was quite wild at that moment. Like, you know, and... It was just experiment. I didn't plan to stay, but I just thought, okay, let's go back to small animals just to see if I could still get the job. Yeah. And this is what I really advise young people to first have the basics right. Yeah. Because I worked as a companion animal vet before. Mm-hmm. I'd been abroad for seven years. I only worked with elephants, rhinos, lions, and I, I got two jobs in a week when I came home as a companion animal vet. So I went back to this specialized clinic to work in emergency care, intensive care Mm -hmm. in companion animals. And I really enjoyed it, but it was quite a big move. (laughs) Yeah. Week before I was still catching buffalo. Yeah. But, uh, and a year later then suddenly a job opened up in Amsterdam Zoo and in the Ape Rescue Center for exotic animals. It's Mm -hmm. a big rescue center. So that's the reason also when I, when I stayed in Holland, because yeah. suddenly these jobs opened up. Yeah. Since you then, found out your path back into your country, like back into your roots, where you could feel like you could settle in. Yes, but I'm not sure if I wouldn't have had these jobs. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've left again. Yeah, well, but you know, that's life and you never know. So you just, as you, as you said, like you just follow your heart and you see which opportunity opens to you and then, yeah, you take a decision, right? So. 
I think for me, it's very much go with the flow and see mm-hmm. where the energy goes and see where life takes you instead of trying to really be rigid about yeah. the way how you want it. I think the younger generation is more focused. They have a picture in mind how life is supposed to be. Yeah. But life often has a much better plan for you because all the things I've done, I, do, I could not even, even dream of. It was too too good. Yeah. So just let life take you yeah. on the adventure. I really, I, I really, really like listening to you. Like this is for me that really makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's 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 very a philosophical way of thinking, and and that's actually very true. Sometimes you don't know, you know, what you're going to do. You have an idea, you know where, the direction you want to take, but then yes. You have to be flexible, and I guess now your path showed that you're very flexible, and you you can adapt yourself everywhere. That's great. Yeah, but life took me there because it's very interesting. My big dream when I was young was being a veterinarian in Amsterdam Zoo, because I don't have a adventurous upbringing, mm-hmm. so my parents never travel. My, I, I I don't have people in my family who travel. So I never thought it was an option to yeah. go work in Africa, but because there was the job in Amsterdam Zoo was taken, and in Holland there were no jobs because all the zoo vets, they just stick where they are. So I was forced by life to go abroad. Yeah. And this is what's so nice about it. That, uh, I mean, I did, uh, two years ago, I wrote a book about this. And, and in the book I write, like, sometimes it's your luck not to get your dream job immediately because yeah. it's mm-hmm. actually sad because then your whole life you're stuck in the same job. Yeah. It's much nicer to have a huge loop with all different adventures and then yeah. end up in your dream job. So yeah. don't be sad when things don't work out the way mm-hmm. you want. Sometimes there's something else around the corner. Better for you. Yeah. yeah. That will make you meet people you would have never met otherwise of cu- different cultures. That's yes. so true. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not about getting to the goal. It's about the journey. So I, I think young people are so focused on the goal. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was in South Africa, I, I also led uh, wildlife immobilization courses with like 10, zoo, uh, 10 veterinary students. Yes. And I, I mean, I'm a coach now, too. And I love coaching young people about life questions. <laughs> but then I took them, for example, catching rhinos on the day, during the day. So in a day, we catch five rhinos. And then at the fire in the evening, they're all asking me questions. Okay, do I need to do a residency? Or what can I do after I graduate? What do you advise me? And I'm like, guys, we just caught five rhinos. We're at the fire now. Can we just be in the now? Yeah. And enjoy yeah. what we mm-hmm. just experienced? Today, being here around in South Africa, you've been dreaming about it. So I really encourage young people to just be a little bit more in the now. Yeah, and also grateful for what happens at the moment, I guess. It's not just a box you have to check. It's something that is huge. For for some some vet some vet student this has been their dream for years and then they can actually accomplish it now. But then they are focused on the what in the future. It's a shame because then you miss the whole moment. 
But uh, I, to be honest, I have enjoyed every part of my profession so far. So I've enjoyed uh, companion animal medicine mm-hmm. as much as I've enjoyed being a wildlife vet. Yeah. So it's about the quality of the moment and your heart and soul you give to the animal. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a dog or a rhino. And of course, my passion is nature conservation. And of course, all young people with dream who are dreaming to be wildlife they have the same passion. So I do understand that you long for that. I had the same. Yeah. But yeah, I just like to to say to them, don't give up. But in the meantime, try to enjoy where you are now because <laughs> it doesn't that's help. That's really good advice. And even, you know, I actually take it also for me. That's, that's something that is wherever you are in your, in your path, in your career, that's really important to enjoy the now and just calm down and, uh, yeah, and just enjoy it. So you were talking about conservation work. So that's actually the, the point I wanted to get next. Can you tell us now uh, how your work, or you actually, what you're doing, uh, participate into species conservation? Because you have done and seen a lot, and so right now in your in your path where you are at, how how do you do that? Yeah, you know, being a zoo vet is a totally different job from being a wildlife vet. So, but I'm very fortunate that I've that I'm able to experience both jobs. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 to be really honest, I feel that zoo people, not only veterinarians, but also keepers, that they need to spend time in the wilderness too, to understand the animals they take care of. Mm. Because for me, education, educating the people is the main job of a zoo. Yeah. Because I know how important biodiversity is, but also how vulnerable we are as a species. When you live, when you've lived in the rainforest, you know that we are animals ourselves and yeah. that we're not alone. And the world is not being made around us. But most people don't know. Yeah. They really think that the world is being created for yeah. So only that to show people how amazing species we have on this planet and where we're from. And that rhinos only, they, they are here for 60 million years as a mm. species. And we humans only 300,000 years. So I think zoos have this huge, huge task to, to, to show people that there's a huge world out there. What is not about humans? Yeah. So to teach them about evolution, but basically to make people passionate about a frog, but also an insect. Mm-hmm. People just, they don't even ask, how does a spider walk? They, they just, they just kill it. Yeah. So I feel that's the main job also as a veterinarian to educate people mm-hmm. and to, to really inspire passion. To inspire love, to inspire curiosity about all these amazing species. And I think because that's the only way how we can save this world. Yeah. By making people conscious. So to me, a zoo has this huge task. Uh, because I can only, for example, in the Netherlands, there's mm-hmm. not many other places where Dutch people can learn that we're not alone. 
So for me, zoo is the way how to teach people. And I do a lot of lecturing now. I teach a lot of people about um, how important zoos are. And then I often ask the audience, I said, who of you have seen a giraffe? And I often have 200 people. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, they go, yes, I've seen a giraffe. How many of you have seen an elephant? Yes. How many of you have seen a python? Yes. How do you think this is possible? And then everybody's quiet. Like, because I have seen people who have never seen a giraffe, never seen an elephant. In South Africa, where I worked, the South Africans have never seen a lion and they've never seen an elephant. So without zoos, we create a huge population of people mm-hmm. who have no idea. And that's not what we want. So, But of course, you also have breeding programs. And I mean, for me, my main goal is to keep our animals as healthy and happy as we yeah. Of course, that's a mission, but it, the bigger picture is really education. I yeah, think. creating awareness. Yes, creating yeah. awareness. And and um, put a mirror in front of people's face. You know? No, <laughs> like, that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. No, if, I mean, I have nothing to say. I definitely agree with everything you said and... Uh, and uh, also the fact that um, for young generation, that's also you know some kids will never know about would never know about any species if they were not visiting a zoo, and that's how then they will know. Okay, oh, this this animal live in this place with this within this ecosystem. Well, well, what is happening to this ecosystem, and which other species this is impacting? Oh gosh, so how myself. As an individual, can I make a difference to help out not only these species, but also the whole population that lives within this ecosystem? And this is happening even in Europe. So I think that definitely, well, as you said, that's um, that's a, a huge task, I think, because it's changing, it's creating awareness, and it's changing people's mentality, and that takes time. Yeah, and to be honest, I think, Touching people in their heart is the main thing. People have to feel something about what you tell them. And that's why I'm very fortunate because I can tell from my heart how amazing it is to be in the wilderness as a human. Because that's where we're from. Mm -mm. So when I was in Gabon or in South Africa, I felt so much at home. And I'm a Dutch girl. So I always tell people, my genes are the same as the people who lived in the wilderness. We're still the same. Yeah. And we're still the same dependent mm-hmm. on our ecosystem and our environment. We're not separate. No. So I feel zoos have a big, a very big task educating this. But, you know, as a zoo vet, you're also responsible for good welfare, um, good health care. And, of course, that's our biggest task. But education is... I think uh, something we have to take yeah, as a very high mission with each other. As yeah, well. and I think that's also what can make sense to your job, actually, as well. You know, that's also something that can push you even more to or, or be a meaningful goal as well. Yeah, I think a zoo, what doesn't do education, to me, doesn't have a right to exist. Mm-mm. Because we keep animals in a limited space so there's a huge responsibility coming with that 
there has to be something why we do that. Yeah, so to me, every zoo needs to have education, but also uh, nature conservation. So mm-hmm. help people. For me, um, zoos are um, the main uh, way how we can leave the wild animals alone. Because <laughs> I think the suggestion that people say, we have to all look at them in the wild. I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> you need to know what is happening in the wild, actually. But then you don't understand yeah. wild animals, you know. They don't want to see us. We are just hugely disturbing them. Mm. So why don't we use animals what are having a positive association with us by food, care, friendships, yeah. to educate people and to, to really be busy with doing nature conservation of species in the wild and leave them alone in the wild. Mm-hmm. That's my... That's my mm-hmm. ideal situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. I'm happy to contribute this way now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great mission. That's a very very challenging mission. So how do you get your energy fr- like from like who or what is inspiring you? Yeah, you know, I always I do a lot of coaching now, and when you follow your heart and you stay close to your mission. Hard work is never the problem, because when you do what you love, you get energy. Yeah. So I've always, I mean, my biggest inspiration are the animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wild animals, I, I mean, my book's also about that, and when I do lectures, it's like how much we can learn from wild animals. If you have an issue in your life, just look and see how our wild animals will deal with that. They give you all the answers. So, because we are wild animals ourselves, you can just relate to a wild animal and think, gosh, how would they deal with that? And very often the problem is gone. So, um, that helps me. I'm, I'm just very much enjoying what I do, but it's so close to my heart that uh, I always feel energy when I can talk about my mission. So, you can call me again. I don't... <laughs> Yeah, it just makes me sad, very, very sad, and it touches me that a lot of young people don't feel it that way, and that really disturbs me that so many people are unhappy these days, and uh, of course the situation in the world is critical, but there's still so much hope, Yeah. so much to save, there's still wilderness, there's still wild animals there's out there, it's mm-hmm. just having hope, but also f- be optimistic, is so important for your well-being. So I just hope young people are able to to get that back because it's not too late and there's still so much to save. So um, even if it's not true, just do it for your own well-being. Just yeah, be- I think it's a mindset and you're totally right. It's sometimes it's really when you're yourself in a hard situation, of course, you know, you can feel sad, depressed or whatever. But I think... Um, as you said, like, that's something that you, like, it's a mindset and, and by connecting with nature and the animals, you can definitely find out some, some energy and resource and, uh, and being able to move on. Yeah. So that's uh, almost the end of this, um, of this chat. Uh, I have one, uh, last question for you. 
Um, so basically, which message would you deliver to the next generation of young people? Yeah, if you have something else to add to that. Yeah, it just, I really think what they said before, try to really enjoy the moment. Because I think young people are very focused on what in the future might happen, but they're also under huge pressure to mm-hmm. be successful and to reach your goals. And that's different when I grew up because nobody expected anything. You know, if I would just have been a plumber next door, my everybody would my, my parents would be the same proud of me as they are now. There was no expectations. So And also, it's not about what you do, but who you are. You know, it's not, success is not dependent on what you achieve in your life. It's about what type of person are you? Do you have friends? Do you have a good relationship with your parents? Just make life a little bit more simple. Mm -hmm. Because we are so open to all these opportunities. And people feel they have to... They're under huge pressure with having all these choices. And, um, but life is not about all the things you've done. You know, it's about who you are now, today. And, um, and today there's so much you can do mm-hmm. for your neighbors, for your parents, for your friends, for your colleagues. Just try to, but also for your patients. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're now in a small animal practice, And you're very sweet to this sad woman who just lost her dog. You're successful. Mm -hmm. You're an amazing vet doing your full best. So it's not about the outside world. Because to me, when I was a wildlife vet, people thought it was quite cool. Because I was often in the helicopter, you know. I was like darting elephants from the helicopter and darting rhinos. And But it's very lonely if people put you like on a... Pedestal. It's not where you want to be. And then I quit my job and I suddenly was jobless. And I came home to the Netherlands and I had no job. And I was exactly the same person. You're not different. You yeah, know? that's that's very, very important what you're saying. Yeah, it's, a, it's not about... I mean, but these days there's a lot of pressure because a lot of people do so many cool things, blah, blah, blah. And, but we all make each other crazy. <laughs> With the pictures on Instagram, you know, it's crazy because we're all humans and we all have our sad moments and our insecurities. But I think, yeah, just be honest about them and try to relate and connect with your surroundings. So that's maybe a bit what I hope to say because it's it life can be very simple. Just walk your dog in the forest, enjoy the present moment. It's simple as that, isn't it? Yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Martin, for for this discussion. I really enjoyed chatting with you, and um, I am getting really emotional right now. <laughs> yes, why? <laughs> well, because you know what you what you mentioned really talked to me and talked to my heart, and I think. Um, Sometimes it's really easy to get lost into, as you said, like project and thoughts and whatever. And and you have to refocus on what is really important in your life. And um, and as you mentioned, just uh, the the it's not about your act. I mean, it's it's about your action, but it's not about whatever 
cool things you're doing. It's about um, your experience and who you are as a person, and 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 your experience actually shaped who you are and 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 your understanding of other people as well. And I think um, that's something that is very important, and we 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 don't really. We as human uh, are way more focused on individualities most of the time, unfortunately. So yeah, but we can learn a lot from other cultures, you know. Yeah. Like uh, when I was in Gabon, I was part of the community. They were family. We were mm. one big family, and um, it's much more based on the community. Yeah. And um, but you know, it's everybody has their own path. So everybody has to figure out what their own path is. But the only thing is stay close to your heart and don't be too sensitive about what other people think of you and what other people think you should do. Mm-hmm. Like if you've always dreamed of being a wildlife vet and suddenly you fall in love and your dream changes, you just want to be with your husband in a little town. Just be honest to yourself and let go of the dream. Yeah. Because then you can focus on the now again. But, you know, I'm also very pleased to see that there's a lot of young vets what are very interested in wildlife because we need more veterinarians passionate about wildlife, about biodiversity, nature conservation, education. So I'm very pleased that so many vets are interested in that because it's only getting more and more important, Yeah, especially one health. That will be for another time, and uh, and uh, yeah, that will definitely we will have another chat. Uh, I promise, because I enjoy this one so much. Thank you so so much, Martin, for everything and for your time. Um, it's a huge pleasure. I mean, I've been so lucky to have all this experience, so I'm more than happy now to share them with everybody. So, you know, it's. Um, so you can always call me again. And I really <laughs> hope that uh, listeners are a little bit more uplifted now. And, you know, one thing, everybody told me, it's never going to work out. You're never going to be a wildlife vet. Never. You're a woman. You can never, you cannot, you cannot even be a large animal vet. I hear this over and over and over. So the only thing I hope to share is that things are possible. Yeah. And never let yourself getting any advice from people who tell you differently. So I think just believe in your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good, so that's the perfect last word. I really yeah, love exactly. it. Yeah. Believe Let's in yourself. Let's go walk our dog now. Yes. For us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Martin, for sharing with us your experience and all these very incredible uh, thoughts. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And good luck with your podcast. I think you're doing great. So <laughs> thank, thank you, Martina. Thanks Bye. so much. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wildlife Conservation Insights Podcast. You can find more about myself and the show, including our guests, on estelvet.com. If you like it, share it. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Stay tuned for a new bonus about wildlife health news around the world. Don't hesitate to reach out. Bye-bye.